I'm having this Terrapin beer, and um, I don't know what their deal is, but it's like their mascot is Mr. Crunkles. I'm, I'm sorry, Mr. Who? Mr. Crunkles. And so, like, all over this can, it's like, where in the world is Crunkles? Follow the ever-changing adventures of Crunkles with his creative IPAs from around the globe. Crunkles.com. I'm not even joking. Can you spell Crunkles, please? I hope I there's can't. like seven Ks in that word. No, just the two. Because when you get past two, there's problems. No, no, you just have to get past three. Once you hit the fourth one, you're okay again. Oh, I see. Wait, can you describe Crunkles to me? Like, is he a little dude? I don't know. I know, I haven't actually. You know what? Let's go. He's not on the. He's not on the on the beer body. Not on the label. No, he's a man of mystery. Um, <laughs> Crunkles, as he should be. Mister Crunkles, India Pale Ale, Panama Crunkles, Luau Crunkles, Crunkles Down Under, Cap Captain, not Cap'n, Capt apostrophe N Crunkles, Doctor Crunkles, S- Samurai Crunkles. I don't know about this now. Indiana Crunkles. Samurai Crunkles. What the fuck is going on with it? All right, which one should I click on? You need to click on uh, Indiana Crunkles because there's uh, yeah. an image of him. Dear sweet Jesus. He looks a little bit li- like, I know it's supposed to be a mustache. It looks a little bit yeah. like his face is about to open and do the predator thing. Oh, Captain Crunkles has one too. Oh, dear God. Yeah. No, I don't want this. I'm I'm done with this. This is no. <laughs> nope. Start the podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Daily Screening Asks Us. Does it hold up? My name, as always, is Daily. Joining me, as in every week, my co-host, Bartholomew Devon. Hello, Bart. Hi, I'm speaking louder than usual this week. That's <laughs> good. That's good. We're trying to get those levels up. No guest ho- There's no guest, ho- guest star today for us to hide behind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, we're fucked now. <laughs> Feeling very exposed. We're so. really in it now. <laughs> Yeah, uh, get get psyched. Um, uh, this week we're talking about Dark City, 1998 Alex Proyas movie. Uh, yeah, with Rufus Sewell, Kiefer Sutherland, Jennifer Connelly, John, no, not John Hurt, William Hurt. William Hurt. And, and more importantly, Riff, Riff Raff, Raff from the Rocky yeah. Horror Picture Show. <laughs> yeah, I was, trying to figure out, I was trying to figure out if this... Was a bigger, not bigger, but like he had more screen time in this or in Rocky. Probably this. Well, like proportional, proportionally, it's certainly this. But yeah. even just minute yeah, by minute, he so. might still eke it out on this one. My threshold question for this movie is, does anybody know about it? Well, it's definitely a movie that dropped off the cultural radar. Uh, and I, but it, it, it didn't make a lot of money. It wasn't like a big box office hit when it came out. Um, it was very well reviewed. Uh, Roger Ebert called it the best movie of 1998. Um, As compared and to I think even re- what? <laughs> yeah, uh, 98 is I think the year of Shakespeare in Love. Um, I think that was that year. Pretty I'm pretty sure, pretty sure that's, that's right. also the year of Godzilla. TriStar Godzilla is 98. Yeah, I think. I think you're right about that. 
Yeah, so like right. you know, th- between those two movies, yeah, 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 this is this is better than those. This movie, <laughs> this movie uh, was released in theaters uh, the day before my birthday, the year that you and I met, our freshman no, year of high school. We met in nineteen ninety seven. Well, yeah, but it was that was our freshman year though. February ninety eight is our freshman year. That's yes, that's correct. So this movie, this movie is as old as our friendship, sir. Sure. Which one's aged better? Do you think? <laughs> Like our friendship or this movie? I'm pretty. I I hope it's our friendship. We're still we're still talking from uh, continents away, so yeah. I mean, fingers crossed. I'm the godfather of your daughter, so like I'm calling that a win. But you know, you're right. This movie definitely kind of dropped off the radar. Like it, uh, I think it basically broke even at the box office, and yeah. um, and and it's. I think people know it. But I don't feel like it gets talked about very often, you know? It's sort of like, oh, yeah, I saw that once, and it's been, you know, 20-some-odd so years since then. I think I know why it dropped off the radar. I, I, I was really trying to figure it out, and I think I know why. And I think why it's that? because this movie was out-matrixed by The Matrix, which came out not that long afterwards. It, that's true. Uh, in fact, it came out about a year later, um, and they, they, I mean, there's a lot of comparisons um, between this and The Matrix, rightly so, um, even just in the very sort of basic premise uh, to, the, you know, it's not the same, but there are, there's some overlap there. There's definitely some similarities. Um, and in fact, uh, and the visual style is very similar as well. Um, in fact, they literally used some of the same sets because they both shot in Australia and when Dark City finished, uh, they literally sold off like a bunch of their like the rooftop sets. They literally sold it to the Matrix production, and then they got used in the Matrix. So a lot of it looks very similar because it's literally the same buildings. Yeah, the problem is is that the Matrix is a better movie. Well, uh, yes. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, when's the last? Out of curiosity, when's the last time you watched the Matrix? You know, it's been a while, if I'm totally honest. And there is a part yeah. of me that actually kind of wants to watch it for this. I, but I'm, I, I'm pretty sure it's going to hold up because it's The Matrix. But yeah. also, what if it doesn't? <laughs> um, well, I can I can uh, allay those fears. I rewatched it recently. I rewatched uh, all three of them mm, a couple months ago. And yeah, uh, yeah first one's still fucking great. Um, yeah, what know, about the, the next two? The other two <laughs> remain problematic, but the first one is still phenomenal. Okay, great. Well, so I mean, this movie—it's not bad. No, it's—it's it's pretty good. I remember seeing this movie when it came out, not in theaters, but you know, closer to when it came out. Yeah. Um, and really loving it, like really being like invested in it. Um, and yet I then bought like a director's cut disc that I never that I never watched until now. And never like I literally haven't watched this movie since I think probably like I've maybe I've maybe watched this movie once this century. Maybe. You yeah, know? that's probably true um, for me, too. I mean, I, I, I was just I, this I movie was like sitting in the back of my head. It's like, oh, that's a movie I really like. But, you know, don't I don't, but I don't remember a damn thing about it. <laughs> OK, so wait, you you mentioned yeah, but exactly. previously that you remember there was a big twist at the end. Um, and I remembered yeah. nothing apart from the you know overall visual style of it. Um, what was the big twist that you remember? You thought you remembered? Well, 
I mean, it's not really a twist. It's more just the right. It was more just the reveal. I remembered the reveal that they were floating out in space. Oh, spoilers for this movie that you're listening to a podcast about. That, I guess. Well, yeah, but I mean, I guess the, I mean, the, the, you know, the big thing? reveal near the end where they where they bust through the wall and they're and they're just floating around out and they're just the city's just on its own floating out in space. Um, you know, I think it's it, on this rewatch. I think it's. Um, telegraphed a little like it starts off with that like shot of space um and then the camera just sort of like pans down so at first you're thinking like cool outer space movie but then it just pans down into the city and you're just like oh okay it was just night sky and yeah. now we're in a city um and then it doesn't really make any suggestions like that ever again for a while this time watching it i did feel like it should it felt more obvious to me that they were on a spaceship you know um, I mean, it didn't seem like that big of a deal to me anyway, somehow. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know why. I just was like, I, I didn't see it coming, but I sort of didn't give a shit. Like, it didn't matter to me whether yeah. they were on a spaceship. It didn't like, it wasn't like a, just, holy shit, it reevaluate everything yeah. I've just watched. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just kind of like, okay. I mean, I was pretty sure that they weren't on earth at the very least. Yeah. And so I like, once yeah. I got, once I leapt internally to, well, they're not just on a planet. Because if they were, there'd be daytime um, or whatever. Then I was like, well, they're somewhere else and who cares? But yeah, that was literally the only thing I remembered about this movie was that uh, it has Rufus Sewell and Kiefer Sutherland and uh, they're in space. And like, that was really it. I didn't even remember that Jennifer Connelly was in this movie. I didn't remember that William Hurt was in this movie. I certainly I didn't remember that Riff Raff was in this movie. Yeah, yeah, I didn't remember that Riff Raff was in it. I did remember that William Hurt was in it. I did not remember that Kiefer Sutherland was in it. Um, oh, Kiefer Sutherland. Kiefer Sutherland, who is just so sweaty in this movie. <laughs> he is just... He's just... <laughs> He's just like he's moist. He's just yeah. He's very moist the whole Gross. time. I mean, like even even the cadence of his voice is sweaty. I mean, <laughs> he like can't get two words out at a time. <laughs> Mister Murdoch, <laughs> will you please come <laughs> with me? I must <laughs> tell you. <laughs> it's like it's not Peter Lorre on cocaine. Yeah, it's not Shatner. It's uh... he makes Shatner sound well read. Oh, that's dark city. Uh, that was terrible. <laughs> Dark, shitty. I, I was really trying to figure out what to do with this based on the cast. Because to me, yeah. this cast is like people that I consider fan favorite, at least my personal exposure to goth culture actors. Um, no, I'm serious. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I'm like, again, my, my, okay. So my very limited exposure to goth culture was while I was in college. Um, I dated a girl. Hi, Anne. Um, you're not listening to this. And we would go to the goth club sometimes. We'd go to Rocky pretty much every week. And we knew the same group of people. But it was not the way yeah. it's portrayed in movies or certainly or whatever. It's just people. Oh, sure. It's just people who who like, spe- like a specific set of movies and music. And what, and what it's, that's, that's the same as any other subculture. Exactly the same. Sure. Yeah, it's like punk rock, but, you know, with more makeup. Sure. And so it's just like Jennifer Connelly is absolutely one of them. William Hurt is definitely one of them. Riff Raff is fucking king of the Lord of the Flies. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, Kiefer, sure. Why not? Um, 
And oh, no, you... Kiefer's definitely in there. I mean, Lost Boys, I think, would cement him in goth culture. Yeah, but I feel I w- like I he might have lost a little bit of it with 24. Though I guess 24 was after this, so. It's still pretty early for uh, Jennifer Connelly to an yeah. extent. I mean, she's she, she did Rocketeer a couple years, and Rocketeer's like 92, I think. Um, when was Requiem? And that's like her first big movie. Um, uh, disagree. Oh, uh, well, I mean, as an adult. Okay. Okay. And this is still pretty early for Rufus Sewell, too. This was a movie that kind of put Rufus Sewell on the map as a leading guy in the has States. He, has he been a leading guy in, in much? Not so much as a leading guy, but he's often the like villain of stuff. You know? I pair him in my head all the time with Joaquin Phoenix. Um, oh, I yeah, don't know. totally. I don't know why I do that, but I absolutely do it. Um, I think well, they the have movie... a similar. They have a similar look for sure, um, and they play a lot of similar roles. I would say. Okay, f- fine. I mean, it's not exactly uh, Dylan McSkillet, but <laughs> <laughs> Durble McDillet. Durble Dur- Durble McSkillet. <laughs> I think one of the things that sort of works against Dark City is that not only was it overshadowed by the Matrix, but I mean, I feel like it's the visual style. Um, and also like the you know elements of the story, like they've been used in so many other movies since then. Like it's become very commonplace. So it's since, kind of hard then, to yes. sep- Yeah, yeah. Since then, exactly. So like looking back on it now, like if you were to show this movie to somebody now for the first time, they'd be like, oh yeah. I mean, what this doesn't seem special at all. You know, like yeah. there would it wouldn't it wouldn't be unique the way it was when it when it came out you know it's like the uh, the thing that immediately came to mind was um uh John Carter uh which is a movie that uh, I really enjoy a lot and I think is pretty undervalued but the you know the one of the biggest things working against that movie is that that story and those characters they had never really been adapted for film uh, for modern audiences mm-hmm. but that IP had been strip mined by every major tentpole property for the last 40 years. I mean, Star Wars borrows from it liberally, like all, all kinds of, uh, of different like big franchises. It felt like a knockoff of mm-hmm. other movies, even though like yeah, that's the so one that came first, you know, that, like that's, that's a funny like, thing. Everybody's so borrowing Carter, from this. So John Carter. Yeah. I've never actually seen it. I started it. Um, and I got like, oh, you should watch it. It's good. I was gonna watch it because I know that you like it. I got like five or ten minutes in, and I was so bored because it felt so obvious for exactly that reason. The other strike against John Carter is that Taylor Kitsch is woefully miscast in that movie um, mm. because he he just feels so modern that he you just don't buy him as a Civil War era human, let alone like soldier. You oh. know. Well, okay then. What did you think of all the noir stuff in this? I mean, I think it looks really good. William Hurt has his noir chops. Like, he's, oh, he's yeah. William Hurt. Yeah, he's William Hurt. He can do whatever he wants. <laughs> well, and it kind of feels like that's what happens in this movie. It kind of feels like they just sort of, you know, he, he's kind of on his own for a lot of it. He's, he's very separate from, from all the other characters. He's just kind of off in his own corner playing his accordion for a while. That, that felt a little bit much, even for this. It was like, that it felt definitely very, very willful. You know, I like... <laughs> Driving he around drives around car, with it. He's just and has I've got it an accordion in my backseat. <laughs> I keep it with me to remind me of her. An accordion? It's not like it's a yeah. locket, man. It's like like a <laughs> clunky thing. It's like, well, I'm going to go get a burger. Let me bring my accordion with me. 
I'm keep it in my pocket. Does he like take it in everywhere with him? Like I kind of feel like he should just have it strapped to his chest the whole time. That would be He's better. Just playing, playing. So, woo, woo. <laughs> that's my that's my impression of an accordion. I feel like the accordion came into existence because they happened to have it. It was like <laughs> they they like went into the room with all the props. And they're like, ooh, there's that that accordion's pretty. That's kind of let's do that. Bring that in here. I feel like William Hurt brought that from home. I feel like William Hurt was like, oh, I just had this idea. What if he what if he had an accordion? What if he what if he what if he just carried an accordion around with him all the time? Oh Alex Price was like, Yeah, yeah, cool, go for it. You're William Hurt. I mean, you're a get. You're a get. Whatever so, whatever you want whatever to do, you, man. Whatever you want, William Hurt. <laughs> this movie I It feels a lot like uh uh Burton's Batman in a lot of places, like the architecture. Um has that same sort of Burton gothic feel to it a lot of the times so the visuals I, I, like i was really trying to get get a handle on the visuals of this movie because that was the one thing that i really remembered um is yeah. i like the overall feel of it how things looked in general and i feel like mm-hmm. it's a weird split as to whether or not it, the visuals hold up because on the one hand the style choices and the shot compositions hold up pretty well i would say yeah. um like yeah. they're, they're they're a little bit over the top but it's not inappropriate for something that's noir. Um, that that's not not that unusual. That being said, the CG, all of it, looks like total shit. <laughs> so, oh yes, like really bad. The creatures themselves, uh, the stranger, the creatures of the strangers, uh, when they come out of the the dudes' heads and shit, is uh, regrettable. <laughs> oh yeah. It's like PS One era, especially the like at the end when he when he fights Mister Book and oh, like man. jumps out and screams at him. That one's like real rough. The one on the on the billboard gantry is like kind of okay, but that no, last it's one not. Is like, no, it isn't. It's all bad. It all well, I feel terrible. like it's it, it's. I mean, it's not good, but it's a kind of obscured. It's like in shadow, and it's not the like. It's kind of small in the frame. It's not like center frame and screaming at my face. <laughs> it's not so. a lamprey. <laughs> Tentacle yeah. lamprey, yeah, that's true. I mean, but even even the like the the waves coming out of his head look pretty bad, and the sound effect is really bad. There's no subtlety to that. We, so we should say uh, we watched the director's cut. We we both watched the director's cut, right? We should probably clarify that out front. We both watched yeah. the same cut of this movie. Yes, no, we did because that's the DVD okay, that we both bought in the bargain bin at Best Buy. Probably, I went back to check to sort of see what was uh, the difference. I didn't watch the theatrical. Do cut. you have? So I don't have the theatrical around. cut. I don't know that I've ever seen um, the theatrical cut. My director's cut is on Blu-ray, and it has both cuts on it. It, it mm. comes with both cuts. So oh, okay, if you can believe this, they did a little tweaking of the visual effects. To improve them. You're kidding. We, we were saw, seeing the good one? We were seeing the good one, yes. Oh, that's fucked, man. That's really fucked. That's bad. Yeah. Um, I think it was pretty minor. Like, I don't think he totally redesigned. They said, what I read, uh, said they didn't, that he didn't really do, like, a massive, it's not, like, special editions. He didn't do, like, massive CG redesigns or anything. They just yeah. sort of, like, tweaked the, the waves coming out of his head a little bit. And um, they added a couple of scenes that were deleted, and uh, there's like 15 minutes of extra stuff, I think. They changed the opening. That's like the big difference because, uh, okay, so in the director's cut, you know the scene sort of near the end when they're in the rowboat, and mm-hmm. Kiefer's just explaining the plot to them. You know, it's yeah. like three quarters of the way through the movie, and it's like, it's if like... you for anyone who hasn't yet figured out what's going on, <laughs> because the movie's almost over, let me just explain it all one last time, point blank. In the theatrical cut, I think that rowboat scene is basically gone uh, because most of his 
ex- like exposition uh, dialogue there is used as voiceover at the very beginning of the movie. At the very beginning? The opening shot of the movie. So it's that, that tilt down from space yeah, yeah, down yeah, through yeah. the city. To the green bathroom. Before the bathroom. So it's like it, it, it tilts down through the city and then it gets to Kiefer and he's like on the bridge and he's looking at his watch. And oh, he yeah, yeah, his yeah. Watch stop. Yeah. yeah. So in the theatrical cut, during that, that tilt down, um, they use they insert this voiceover of Kiefer basically explaining like there are these creatures the, these these strangers and they were dying and so they found humans and they ran experiments on us and they tried to figure out what makes us unique so that they could save themselves and like basically gives you the whole sort of setup and then you see like he's looking at his watch and you see like just uh, like insert shots of like around the city and cars driving around and people in places. And then he, you see his watch stop and you see everybody fall asleep. And then you see oh. him like, you know, walk down the, like smile and walk down the bridge. And then it like, you know, goes to the credits. And then there, after that, it's all more or less the same. Yeah. No, I think the director's cut is better then. Like, because yes, the, like without the mystery, what's the fucking point of this movie? Yeah, exactly. I saw some somebody that I was reading online was saying that like they wished that they didn't have the Kiefer shot at the beginning, that it just started with dude in the bathtub, uh, which I think is that like I I think I'm I agree with that. I think that probably would be a incidentally because otherwise it's just why is Kiefer on a bridge looking at his his watch stopped and then he walks away. It's like out of context. It doesn't mean anything. It's so weird. On your Blu-ray, did you have menus? Uh, I don't recall. Well, I can tell you what the menus are on the DVD director's cut. Oh, yeah. It is that shot from above with Rufus Sewell in the bathtub full of milk. Because mm. bathtubs oh, are always yeah. full of with milk the, in movies. With the lamp swinging. With the lamp swinging. That's, that's the menu. That's cool. That's good disc design right there. Yeah, that I, actually, I was kind of impressed because with Because you can run that on a loop forever, and it's weird, and it's creepy, and it, and it's not doesn't have an earworm song. It's not like the Bill and Ted where they're just screaming. <laughs> <in the face. laughs> although, although I do respect that move on for Bill and Ted. Okay, wait. So speaking of DVD menu options, I asked you before this podcast to watch the trailer. And the reason I wanted you to yes. watch the trailer... So they can ask you this question, which is also it also applies to the opening credits of the movie. What'd you think of that sweet 1998 font choice? <laughs> it's pretty, I mean, it's pretty vintage. That trailer was the most 1998 trailer I have ever seen in my life, and it's amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. There's no dialogue at all. It's just like <laughs> random shots of random things. You feel like you've seen the whole movie, and also you don't know what the fuck you just watched. It, it kind of reminded me of the trailers that we used to put together when we would make movies in 1998. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what yeah. is this shit? Can we talk about tuning? Tuning? We could talk about tuning. tuning. Sure. T- he can tune! I kind of liked it. The way they all pronounce it, where they like tuning. add an extra E to the beginning. He can tune. They, they call it tuning, John. They, they call it tuning. God, it's so awful. I love it. The action of tuning is kind of okay, um, I think. Like, I think as a, as a sci-fi weird tropey thing where you get a bunch of psychic yeah. guys who look like Darth Vader after he loses his helmet... Or they're wearing a bunch True. of belts for no fuck reason. Thanks. Well, oh, no. Um, okay, so <laughs> I have a lot of feelings about the strangers. And they, no, I know. <laughs> and, and like a big face opens up to reveal a clock. Uh, like, tu- like 
tuning, tuning, like, like feels like not the wrong word because you can tune a piano, you can tune up a clock. Yeah, there's a lot of clockwork, you know, there's a lot of like mechanics here. So like tuning the machine, like I, like, I think it's the, I get the word choice. Like I actually like it as a, as a word choice. Um, but I, the sort of like power set of tuning seems like weirdly defined. You know, because like oh, he yeah. can, like they can they can fly around. He can make stuff float in the air. He can like knock shit over with his mind, um, and they can focus their energy through this machine to like create streets and buildings and like alter buildings. Like I, I really like yeah. the scene in the middle where they show like when they kind of demonstrate it fully for the first time, and you yeah. see like the like the shitty couple in the tenement and then suddenly like you see them like the, the table stretches out and then the ceiling opens up and I like, thought that was pretty and, cool and their place actually. becomes like a mansion no yeah. I really like that bit I think that's uh, I think that that bit's really fun and it really works effects. and it's like such a great simple way to sort of explain like demonstrate what's going on there yeah and I, and I actually feel like visually it actually holds up okay somehow yeah I don't I know why I don't I don't know how they did that and had it look okay but you know they're able to use their powers to like create buildings out of thin air but they also have like an assembly line of dudes that are just like creating props and artifacts and stuff like felt kind of weird like why do they why is that why can't they just create all of this shit like like there's like one guy he's literally like doing paperwork like he's literally like like stamping seals onto fake documents and they're like we have to create 17 diaries 34 maybe, photographs like maybe maybe they why, do what that is, because a little workshop down below santa's elves santa's, santa's, santa's demon santa's, elves santa's, down below <laughs> santa santa's dark elf workshop i think maybe if i suspend my disbelief maybe it's because it takes all of them together tuning to make the big changes um and so they have to have some division yeah. of labor because there's only so many of them and it's actually more efficient or easier for them to just stamp some letters for <laughs> so they got kind of multiple people doing multiple jobs instead of everybody in Congress. Yeah, but does that mean they also have like stockpiles of like raw materials somewhere like they just have sheafs of paper somewhere so they can like I mean, drop fake documents and probably question mark i don't know i mean i say there's a lot more infrastructure going on below that city than i think we realize there is i'm, I'm i feel a little bit like it's like superman in superman 2 it's like give him the shield chest s throwing power you know give him give him the saran wrap <laughs> powers when he needs it like why not but even though like even i mean it maybe it's supposed to be that he's like better than them or whatever but you know murdoch at one point he's got he finds the little uh like scrapbook from when he was a kid and it's blank and then later it's filled in and at first i thought like oh it's like they came in and filled it in later or something like that and Kiefer sutherland's like no 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 you filled it in with your mind like your your tuning power like filled it in for you i uh, thought like, that was oh, a weird thing well yeah i well I if he could just make it. up drawings without even having to really think about it that like why the fuck do they have some guy like stamping the marriage licenses in the basement of the city i think they were trying to highlight that he's more powerful than one of, than any one of them except for maybe mr book yeah because it takes all of them to change 
things where it takes Everything, just, yeah, just yeah. him to do to do it because otherwise know. i like to imagine one of the strangers sitting in the basement of the city like literally sitting there with a crayon like filling in his <laughs> shitty child drawings his mental crayon <laughs> powers don't overthink it it gets weirder if you overthink it well let's talk about the strangers a little more because uh sure they're real fun i really like those guys <laughs> yeah so they're they so were, weird the first time they show up they are like properly creepy yeah and then and then yeah, you see more of them you're like okay and you're like wait a minute that's riffraff and then all the mystique yeah. is gone. Um, except for the kid. That kid is fucking creepy as hell. That kid um, is so fucking creepy. That kid is Holy so shit. fucking creepy. Um, the other guy. So I recognized the other guy. The really tall guy. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, I yeah. know that guy. What is that guy from? And then I put it together. Mad Max. No, I, like that I looked up later. But I figured it out before then what I was like, what specific thing I was recognizing him from. Do you know what it is? It's Star Wars. Oh. In episode three. When Obi-Wan yeah. goes to whatever that place is where he eventually fights Grievous, whatever that weird hole, oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever that yes. planet is with like the big deep well thing. And there's, and the guy, the creepy dude comes out with the fingers and is like, 10th level, they're here, thousands of battle droids. It's that guy. Oh, yes. That it's that, that fucking guy. guy. He's that actor who's really tall and really skinny and yeah. sort of creepy looking. And it's like, I feel like if they made a new, I was thinking about it, it was like if they made a new Dark City today, I know who they'd cast to be that guy. And it would be the guy who plays Saru on... Yeah, it would be uh, Doug Jones, right? I was going to say, yeah, it's definitely it'd be, Doug it'd be, Jones. It would be, yeah, it's Doug Jones, basically. I always remember him as the the pilot from uh, the later Mad Max movies. He's in... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mad Max. He's in. He's in Road Warrior, and he's in Beyond Thunderdome, uh, playing the same character, sort of. Some, although, somehow like, they don't yeah. really acknowledge it. Like he's definitely the same guy, but they don't really acknowledge that he. They know each other from the last movie. It's very weird. Basically, we've got Riff Raff. We've got him. We've got the creepy ass kid, and then Mister Book, mm-hmm. who I was really trying to figure out for a minute yeah. if it was Darth Vader without his mask on, because um, it might as well be. Yeah. It's an old yeah. white guy. With 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 a chin, it is, and he's even got the like he's got like a damaged skull. He's got like a big like like crack in his head at the top. Yeah, Um, Yeah. which is like I want to talk about that because that's actually one of the things that I feel like is a tremendous missed opportunity for the strangers. Which is they say that the strangers, you know, they're these little weird parasitic energy beings and that they're inhabiting the bodies of the dead so like they are not bipedal they're just like taking over human corpses essentially and using them to like wander walk around the city and whatnot but just the white people well i mean there's movies full of only white people basically oh did you notice that i feel like more of the strangers should have had like fucked up body damage to them you know if they were all corpses it's like they all died in their sleep or something like i feel like he's got like a big crack in his head i feel like there should have been a guy like one who's got like all burns on his face like one of them should have been like missing an arm like there should have been they should have all been like weirdly disfigured one's got like a big fucking like slit throat or like a fucking bullet hole in his forehead like they they all should have had like some fucked up damage that would have been like a cool visual you know yeah, I mean, I just wonder if it would have been a step too far. I think they want them to be creepy, but not full-on horror zombies. Well, they're very, very close to Hellraiser. They're really close to the Cenobites from Hellraiser. I, I think the visual style of them was okay. I really like the way they fly, which is dumb as yeah. shit. That's the stupidest. Yeah, oh, yeah, ever. absolutely. That makes it's, no fucking yeah, it's sense. It's so awkward. 
and it's so like it makes it just looks so like we we could afford the rig where you stand up straight yes <laughs> so everybody just stand really if everyone's in like a harness where they have to stand unnaturally rigid and then they just they just hover hello i'm flying now it's like when the when the kid uh, when he does the little flashback at the end uh, when he gets his superpowers at the end and you see yeah. him as a kid like learning how to use them it's like the kid is like going up the staircase <laughs> he's like awkwardly floating upright up a staircase how how did you feel about the random iron maiden rig that they put Kiefer in at the end for no absolutely no it was my reason. favorite thing it was my favorite goddamn thing of the whole so world oh my weird. god <laughs> what was the point of that it was fucking brilliant because it's like it's got wheels but he's gonna do this little like shuffle step yep. <laughs> like, he's gotta like <laughs> shimmy across the across the gangplank it's amazing I mean it was hilarious but also so awkward I was like why are you just yeah. bringing this out now like what is this for yeah and, and, and I was it feels like, like it doesn't really like it keeps him from running, maybe, but like he can still walk around. He can still he's still moving his arms I'm not around. Like really running, I'm too sweaty. <laughs> We've also neglected to mention his crazy droopy eye, his crazy droopy eye, and his crazy droopy butt cut haircut. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and I loved, I absolutely loved his like 1920s doctor outfit. That was great. Yes. Yeah, he needed he needed the the, the smock with the high collar and shit. Yeah, but he was missing the little reflector on his forehead, which was really just yeah, yeah, the big silver circle there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it was really too bad. Um, I I actually I I kind of liked the the way that they explained that the city itself, the design of the city itself, was cobbled together from different memories of different eras and everything. I actually thought that that actually worked. I think pretty well. yeah, there's something out of time about it where it's sort of it feels like the 50s, but then sometimes it doesn't like yeah. it's sort of there isn't a specific time. It's certainly like, you know, it feels past ish, but like it's you can't really nail it down. Uh, and that's that's yeah. part of part of what works about it. Um, and yeah. I actually really think that the the set design uh, and the, like the sets are incredible in this movie. The various locations they've got together, like the automat is great. The weird like where Uncle Carl lives, the weird like Neptune's yeah. aquarium place. Like it's just all of these really great facades and and uh, interior designs that are just like exploding with detail. That I just yeah. I just want to like walk around them all day, you know. Yeah, no, it looks great. I mean, set design is yeah. very good. I think I, I think the acting was actually pretty good. Yeah, nobody's nobody's phoning it in here, you know. Yeah, I mean, Jennifer Connelly probably gets the least to do, but she's still great. You know, she she's does, just got such a yeah. lovely, innocent quality to her. You know, yeah, I mean, she does fine with what she has. Like, I I can't yeah, I can't fault her. They never actually explained the spiral thing. The spiral murders. They they sort of say near the end, you know, they were imprinting him with like the memories of a killer to see to see what happens. You know, it's like a lot of their experiment, let's say that a lot of their experiment is kind of like, I don't know, let's try this and just see just let's see what happens, basically. Yeah. It seems to be their guiding scientific principle. Yeah, they're not um, good scientists. You know, they view science as some kind of hustle. Yeah. But I think there's something interesting about that. Like that's actually a concept I would have enjoyed seeing like explored a little more. You know, the idea that these creatures, you know, they're dying off. The way that their species operates is uh, based on collective memory. So there's no individuality. The Borg? Yeah, exactly. It's he's they're describing the Borg basically. Um mm-hmm. 
so you know the idea of the Borg actually trying to understand individuality instead of like just assimilating it like uh, uh, the Borg with scientific curiosity essentially there's an interesting concept to there and yeah the idea of like a, of a of a species that only knows collective memory and collective experience trying to grapple with the concept of oneness uh, mm. and being separate from other people and having your own experiences and you know uh riffraff gets to do that a little bit although it's all kind of twisted up in the fact that the the personality they've given him is that of a fucking serial killer so he's yeah you know he's nuts but uh and it kills like, him it anyway. would be yeah. cool to see something yeah exactly but it'd be cool to see that like i kind of want to see that movie where it's like you know they're all actually these creatures trying to who have like taken over these human hosts and they're like trying to figure out how to be individuals like that's a really cool idea you know there was one thing that bothered me um, about this, the MO of this race. So they dislike water. And what they yes. do is they inhabit the water-filled bodies of, <laughs> like, <laughs> something about that doesn't work. I was like, uh. That's and true, also, although there's this scene where the, the one stranger gets squished between the two buildings, which is really fun. Um, I thought that was riffraff. No, no, it's the third guy. Um, okay. He, when he gets squished, uh, you just see all this, like, black goo, like, yeah. splatters out the window. So, yeah. like, yeah, maybe they desiccate the bodies and fill it with black goo. X-Files. They use that yeah. font a lot, just saying. So, this movie filled me with one very significant, two two significant regrets. The first was that Rufus Sewell, I think, would have made a yeah. great Batman. Oh, you see it, right? Yeah. He's got like the weird, sharp, angular features that you kind of need for a Batman. Um, yeah. He's, he's got that he, brooding thing down. He, he can do the brooding thing. I feel like I've seen him be silly. He basically has Michael Keaton's haircut from the 90s. He has Michael Keaton's haircut. I feel like he'd be a really strong Batman. And yeah. then I was like, what year did this come out? 98. So this was so this this was this was right when everything right in the middle Batman of the Schumacher was, stuff. Yeah, it was really going to shit. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. that's really too bad because he would have been a good one. I th- I feel like he would have done a good job. And then there's one moment. It's like one very quick shot where it's right when he gains his full powers after Kiefer injects him with the memories and whatever at the end. Yeah, be- before the big face, which up. I should say is a is a cool bit. I like. That like flashback sequence thing? with Keith, yeah. The, the, but like that that particular sequence where it's like you're seeing all the memories and Kiefer is in all the memories and he's like the ice cream man and he's the school teacher and the oh post yeah, no, the that, mailman. that worked. Like, yeah. like that's a that's a fun bit, you know? Yeah, so that he could teach him. Kiefer Sutherland is the fucking hero of this movie, by the way. Oh, Kiefer absolutely. Sutherland fucking is the winner of this movie. Everything he does, every bizarre fucking choice of his, is just a goddamn home run. I also like when uh, there's the one bit where uh he's running away from rufus sewell and rufus sewell chases him down and he doesn't and push tri- him over he doesn't grab he him. him he just kicks his ankle he just yep. kicks him in the ankle and he just crumples yep no, that was great i noticed that too <laughs> yeah so right at the end there's like the quickest shot where rufus gets all his powers and he smiles he's like this big like ear to ear smile, and he's kind of looking down and kind of furrowing his brows, like it's pure Joker. Oh yeah, for just like the hottest of seconds, and I was like, oh, I can see that in my thinking that he should have been Batman. I saw that and I was like, oh fuck, he could probably pull that off too. But I feel like he would have been a good Batman. 
Yeah, I think you're right about that. I think that was a missed opportunity from the 90s. Thanks, Joel. Um, I have two questions. The first is, um, so the, the, you know, the whole thing of the buildings like shifting around and coming out of thin air and moving around mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. Apparently that was like part of the original sort of inspiration for this movie um, mm-hmm. was when they were, at the, you know, so Alex Price's movie before this, uh, his bi- he'd done a bunch of uh, TV commercials and music videos, but his big feature debut before this was The Crow. They said, like, you know, being on a set and watching the crew literally like shifting building facades around on the set and that kind of thing was sort of gave, was part of the inspiration of that visual of like buildings being sort of created out of thin air and rising up and moving around and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, my question to you is how heavy an Inception vibe did you get on your rewatch? Quite a bit. Um, Inception and Doctor yeah. Strange too. That's again one of those things where it's like, yeah, you watch it now and you're like, oh, it's like Inception or oh, it's like Doctor Strange. You're like, no, 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 Inception's like this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is this is definitely a lot older, and I mean, it certainly looks much better in the other in the yeah. other two movies. So I, I guess the Doctor Strange well, yeah. version is is a little different. Yep, that's that's uh, one question. What's your second question? Okay, at the very end. Yes. When 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 daylight doth appear. Yes. My question my question to you is this: Did he rotate the city? to face the sun or did he create a sun oh did he did he tune a star into being no i don't think so i think he just turned asgard to face the star (laughs) it's basically fucking asgard yeah no he just turned it i have a i have a question a follow-up question to your two questions yeah the ocean that he created such as it is is it sewage <laughs> is it sewage yeah i don't know why there would have been stores of water everywhere like if if these aliens hate water somewhere why were they keeping like 11 billion gallons of it just like <laughs> shoved underneath the city somewhere i don't know man i feel like he tuned the water into existence the whole i don't know the whole like, i'm gonna go to the fucking beach i was like yeah i, I mean of course it's this whole story is just a man who wants to go to yeah. the beach man who wants to go to the beach <laughs> But he's also like he. They, let's talk about this. You know, at the end of that movie, he is God, basically. But, you know, I mean, it's not like his character arc is like, oh, I'm gonna overthrow these the strangers so that I can like, free these people, or you know, let them know what's going on and make them aware of what's happening. Or it's like, no, 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 they're all still walking around in ignorance with whatever memories they got last from the strangers because mm-hmm. they can't get new memories and they can't do anything to them. So whatever the last imprint they all got was, is just like who they are now. And he's just walking around as the God of their city world, you know? Well, like, so I, I feel like making this, so I shall, and you will all just live in my reality. So I, I have a fan theory. Dark city two exists. It just has a different, name. I think you're you lying know? to me. No, 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 no. This is my fan theory. Okay. I'm saying oh, there is another. Theory. Oh, okay. You're like bridging is, universes here. Okay. There is another movie. There is another movie that is actually Dark City 2. It just has a different name. It's Dogma. Rufus Sewell's God. He gets bored, plays skee ball, but he's meanwhile created all this other <laughs> shit. I mean, if he can tune the city, he could probably make it bigger. Does he tune continents? I think he tunes it into, he tunes it into a planet, and that planet is Earth. And he's God, and he gets bored, and so he plays skee ball in Jersey. Tell me that Shell Shell Beach is not the Jersey Shore. Tell me I'm wrong about this. <laughs> you know what? I think you might be right. I'm just saying. Uh, also, talking about missed opportunities. Uh, apparently, mm-hmm. in uh, an earlier draft of the script, 
the strangers had an evil robotic puppy with them. Oh, I want to see evil robot puppy. <laughs> that sounds great. Does that mean at some point there would be a good robot puppy that that they made <laughs> from the <laughs> from they the made out of a dustbuster and a <laughs> <Yeah>. lamp? <laughs> oh man, we should talk about Alex Proyas a little bit. Have you seen any of his other stuff? No, I haven't. Oh, really? I, I know I know that Winston's in The Crow for no fucking reason. Alex Proyas has a fascinating filmography. Um, so he came up doing uh, music videos uh, and commercials. He did The Crow in 94. And obviously that movie is legendary for the death of Brandon Lee. Oh, um, yeah. Like that movie is, you know, it's got that stigma to it forever. Um, yeah. So he didn't. He didn't work for a while. Um, and then Dark City was the next feature he did in 98. Dark City got him the tag visionary filmmaker. Oh, <laughs> you know, dear. Was like from the visionary filmmaker of Dark City. It was like that. He got that credit attached to him for a while. He did that iRobot movie with Will Smith. Shut up. Really? Yeah. Oh. And that's okay. that's 2004. So that's the next big movie he does after this. He, does, he, does, he did another movie called Garage Days, which is like a more of a lower budget deal. But this is huh. the next big budget thing he does it's 90 98 to 2004 so another six-year jump and that movie's pretty good it's not irobot like it has like nothing to do with the asimov source material but it's like a pretty good movie on its own yeah um, i would be willing to watch that again I, I pair that one with minority report all the time i haven't seen either of them since they were new um but i'd be willing yeah. to watch both just for the sake of it and then he does this movie in 2009 called knowing with nicholas cage this movie is fucking weird as shit. It was originally, like, the original uh, screenplay or original story was by Richard Kelly, who did Donnie Darko. Yeah. Because um, that guy just had, like, a million scripts floating around there for a while. And it's about Nicolas Cage, this guy, I forget, he's, like, a scientist or doctor or something, but he, his, his, his two kids have predicted the end of the world. And so he's, like, chasing all of these, like clues as to whether or not the world's going to end mm, and then at the end of the movie the world ends at the end of the oh. movie the world just fucking explodes it's oh. fucking great <laughs> just boom it's done that's it yeah it plays oh. like a we have to stop the end of the world like prophecy kind of movie and then at the end they're just like not nothing we can do and the world just fucking explodes at the end it's awesome <laughs> wow i mean points for that so that's 2009 and then the next movie he makes after that, which is the last movie he's made, was in 2016. And it's called Gods of Egypt. And I've seen this movie as well. And it is whoa, 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 very whoa, whoa, bad. Whoa, whoa, wait, this, he's the Gods of Egypt guy? Yeah, it's, it's full of white people playing Egyptian gods. Horus, the main Egyptian god Horus, is played by Jamie Lannister. <laughs> you know, who's but like of Scandinavian. But of course. Absolutely. Sure, uh, sure. Gerard Butler is the villain. Uh, Chadwick Boseman's in there. Fucking Black Panther's in there somewhere. I feel like a lot of the Rufus Sewell. In that Rufus Sewell's in it. Rufus Sewell's in that movie. I forgot. Speaking of Batman, isn't isn't uh, what's his name in there? Who? Fucking Batman from from from. Oh. <laughs> no 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 she no he's not. You know why? 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 Because you did the exact same thing <laughs> that my wife did when we watched this movie. What? <laughs> this movie is called. Gods of Egypt, 
And it's made by Alex Proyas. Oh, no. Oh, no. The movie that you're thinking of. The Moses movie? Yeah, you're thinking of the Moses movie with oh, Christian no. Bale. Gods and Kings. <laughs> oh, no. It's called Exodus Gods and Kings. Oh, for fuck's sake. Jamie and I were, uh, we did like a weekend away down in Queenstown. At the end of the night, we were like, I don't know, let's just like watch a movie on the iPad or whatever. And we got like 15 minutes into it. She was like, I thought Christian Bale was in this movie. Isn't this like a <laughs> drama about Moses? And I was like, No. <laughs> This is about like a street urchin in Egypt who steals the god's eye and... So Aladdin? It's so fucking weird. Well, okay, I'll skip that one. So here's my question. You should... No, it's fucking crazy. You should watch it. It's fucking bananas. Is Dark City... Is Dark City the best movie that this dude ever made? I think it might be. Is it this or is it iRobot? No, it's definitely this. iRobot's probably the only other thing that's like in contention. Yeah. Um, and that movie is like good but not great. It's certainly slick. Like it's much slicker than this movie is. Um, well, it fucking better. But be. this movie is. <laughs> this movie is much better though. I don't know what else to do with this movie. It's all right. It's all right. I watch yeah. it every twenty yeah, years. It's pretty good. You know? When you forget what it's yeah. about, watch it again. Like, <laughs> it's good for. It's like a once a decade watch. You know. It's fine. Does yeah. it hold up? Yeah. Sure. Guys, it's pretty good. Hey man, we got a unanimous one. Fucking hell. Cool, dude. All right, so next week, uh, I think we're going to do Twister. Your friend Nicole's going to yeah. join us, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, it'll Should be, be fun. I... I've never seen that movie. Neither have I. I don't know why I've never seen that movie. Somehow I never have. Um, I'm pretty sure Helen Hunt is in it. Helen Hunt and Bill Paxton, oh, Bill Paxton. And, and Tornadoes. All right, I'm, I'm down. So I'm already excited because Bill Paxton's in it. Yeah. Again, that would actually be interesting to look at through the lens of like um, the natural disaster like epic movie you know that's like a whole category these days but i think twister is one of the sort of ones that kind of really kicked that uh kicked that genre off in a big way um that was like a that was twister was a huge hit um yeah it's been followed by many many other natural disaster movies that are probably not as good um yeah but they keep making them so okay well uh you want to take us out i've been thinking i should change the outro because it's not the the staying inside part is not really vital I mean, you guys should still be staying inside, but it like there are other considerations now, you know? Also, uh, uh, I feel a little hypocritical doing it because I can go wherever the fuck I want. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you, New Zealand, for being <laughs> good at government. All right, that just about wraps it up for us. Tune in next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. We've had fun talking. I hope you've had fun listening. Have a lovely evening and a fantastical tomorrow. Mr. Murdoch, will you please come with me? I must tell you.